Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a, well, a pretty interesting show for you. If you listened to last week's, uh, I got pretty fired up, uh, especially with that Detroit game. Uh, some some different things that happened in there with an octopus being thrown on the ice. Uh, Cam Fowler not being in there in the final moments and whatnot. And I wasn't really happy with the way that that game went down. You can go back and listen to the last show where uh, Eddie and I... Uh, you know, we got pretty heated about what was going on on the Ducks' homestand. So on this show, we're going to cover the last game on the homestand against the Sharks. It was actually the uh, 1,000th regular season home game uh, at Honda Center. And then the Ducks went on the road trip, and they played some games against uh, St. Louis and Washington. Uh, basically, all these games were filled with controversy. So there's plenty of things to talk about here. We also have an interview with Tame Solani that we'll talk about uh, in the middle of the show. And then towards the end, Eddie Richard will do his league news and we'll weigh in on some things in there. Uh, a, a lot of interesting things going on around the league, uh, especially with the refs blowing some calls, you know, aka ref you suck. So we're, there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about. Uh, and we'll start off, I, I guess, Eddie, with the end of the uh, the homestand here. The Ducks played the San Jose Sharks. They were on a four-game losing streak. And you thought with the Sharks coming to town that... You know, hey, they're playing a rivalry team. Maybe the Ducks will win this game and, you know, turn things around. And they and they actually started off this game pretty good. Raquel scored early in the game, just a minute in. Uh, Hurdle scored a controversial goal, which we'll talk about. Silverberg then scored. The Ducks were up 2-1 to one late in the second period. Uh, Hurdle scored another one. And then San Jose took over in the third and ended up pulling away in this one. But uh, this game... It kind of frustrating. The Ducks had a one-goal lead twice in there, and they weren't able to hang on and win. Uh, what did you think about this game, Eddie, uh, as far as, you know, even the controversial goal or just your thoughts in general as the Ducks, you know, dropped this one to the San Jose Sharks? Just pissed off again. It just stung. I mean, come on. Uh, your last game of the, of the homestand, you couldn't get a win. Your thousandth game, it's like that thousand curse, I guess. It gets off thousand game, and then the, the Ducks thousand regular se- uh, season game. It just, you know, it pissed me off. Uh, there's a nice little scrap from Delorier again. Uh, uh, that was pretty good. That was good to see. Uh, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem like the Ducks had that much will or fight. It seemed like they were defeated before the game even started. Even, even them going up two one, you just didn't really feel that. That you know that positive flow of energy that they like they really want it. It seemed like they just wanted the the game to end, and if they won, they won. If they lost, they lost, and they wanted to move on. I think they were just frustrated with themselves of how they performed the last few games. And I, I just didn't see a lot of fight in them, especially against uh, you know our, our northern rivals over there. I expect a little more bite to this game, but it was just you know it, it didn't really go the way the Ducks wanted to, and that's partly their fault. And yeah, th- th- I think that that one goal was BS, and I think that was a big game changer too. Yeah, I mean, I think that when Hurdle scored, he basically pushed Gibson's pad back into the net. At first, they didn't call it a goal initially. They they thought Gibson made the save. They went back and reviewed it, and they said, "Oh no, the puck crossed the line." And then I don't know what's going on with Dallas Aikens right now. Uh, we talked about how he kind of mismanaged. 
the game at the end there uh, with Detroit. He didn't put Fowler out there in the final moments of the game. The Ducks ended up giving the game tying goal and that one lost in overtime. But here, he didn't even challenge it. And when you saw that play, uh, it's pretty clear to me that he pushed it in. And you should have at least rolled the dice and went for the challenge. They didn't do that. The Ducks did respond. Silverberg did score on the power play, which we all know how the power play has been doing so awesome this year. But the, the, the Ducks did score on the power play. Thomas Hurdle then got a legit goal at the end of the second period. And then the special teams kind of fell apart in the third period. The Ducks gave up a power play goal. And they also gave a shorthanded goal. And the Ducks got down. There was just no recovering from that. But... I'm a little disappointed with Dallas Aikens lately in some of these games, Eddie. Uh, we've been pretty complimentary of him and whatnot throughout the season. But, uh, I mean, I called him out in the Dallas game, or excuse me, in the Detroit game. And uh, I'm kind of calling him out here, too. I, I don't know why he didn't at least challenge that play against uh, Thomas Hurdle's first goal in this game. Yeah, that, that was just kind of puzzling. Like, okay, what's going on? Once the ref went over there, I'm like, all right, he's going to challenge it. And it's a legit challenge because he wasn't pushing the puck past the line. He pushed Gibson's pad. He restricted Gibson from push uh, getting his pad forward and making that save. It's like that, that should not have been a goal, period. But he just kind of just went with it. And I guess he just took the, I guess, the cautious route, which, I mean, your team's losing that many games in, in front of the home fans, too at that and you're not even gonna try to challenge it i don't think like any of the ducks fans i mean you you have those few people that i like to just no matter what you say or what they do they're always going to be upset you can go 82 and 0 and they'll still be pissed off about something but i don't think any of like ducks fans would have got mad if we lost that challenge at least you went and you know and try to you know stick up for your team stick up for your goaltender because that was absolutely bs and that should not have been a goal and and once again i'm not trying to make excuses like oh you know poor ducks they're just getting shot on and blah 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 but legitimately that should not have been a goal then hurdle getting the first star of the game like like i don't know why he got that first star from like uh, celebrating because like hurdle sold that goal too and he's like when that puck crossed the line and everyone kept playing he went right to the bench and was celebrating a goal it's like all right good job selling it but i don't know i i think he just took the cautious route and you have someone with experience as an advisor in sutter I think he should, if he's not, like start picking that guy's brain a little bit more because that should have been a definite challenge right there. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. If they challenge it and they lose the challenge, fine, but they didn't even go for it. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Dallas Aikens is thinking there or who he's talking to, but I wasn't really happy with the way he managed the game, like I said, against uh, Detroit and here. So the only good news, I guess, was uh, Max Jones did score another goal in here. He started kind of getting going. He got one late in the third, tried to get the Ducks back into it. They were down by one. And then, of course, Logan uh, Couture scored, and then the Ducks lost this one. But, uh, yeah, frustrating. The Ducks at this point, they had now lost five games in a row, all five at home on top of that, which, you know, was just really irritating. And then... They ended up going on the road, and this road trip's going to be a tough one. And they started it out against the St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champs. And it was funny because one of our writers, George, was like, I I think there's going to be upset. The Ducks are going to win. And the Ducks did win this game. So, (laughs) I, you know, this this Ducks team is such a strange team. They... They beat, you know, high-flying teams like Edmonton, St. Louis. They they lose to Chicago and Minnesota. Uh, you know, but in this game, 
it was just a great game for the Ducks all the way around. Uh, Ryan Getzloff scored early in this contest. Derek Grant gets three goals in this game. Uh, he gets uh, one early in the first period. He gets a shorthanded goal. He gets an empty net goal from a, a you know an unselfish play uh, from Getzloff too. And the Ducks pull this one out. Uh, they get outshot badly, thirty-eight to twenty-five, but uh, they win this one at a four-to-one. And I mean, you got to feel good. I mean, you've lost five games at home. You go on the road against the champs or defending champs, and you beat them in their house. I mean, that's pretty good considering the Blues had only lost three games in regulation all season at this point. Yeah, they didn't party as hard as the Washington Capitals did. I think they just got back to business and trying to make a back-to-back cup run. But I think Derek Grant stole the show. I mean, the, that first goal between uh, Jones and Getzloff was a thing of beauty. It's just instant chemistry on that goal. It was just beautiful to see. And then Grant, just getting unfortunate, you know, for uh, for Bennington, he plays the puck wrong, goes off to Laurie's skate, right to Grant in the empty net. It's just, well, it was one of those foreshadowing nights for Derek Grant. And then the rest is history. We, we go to the second period, St. Louis scores, and in my pit of my stomach, like, oh, here it goes. Ducks went up 2 nothing. Uh, I can see St. Louis maybe winning 4-2, and it's like, oh, it's getting that. And then, boom, we get a... Um, we get a uh, we get a penalty kill. We're on the penalty kill. I'm like, oh great! If they score and tie it, it's just gonna take the momentum out. And then elite set, uh, first center Derek Grant <laughs> ends up intercepting, you know, intercepting the puck and goes down and makes a little Gretzky move and right between the the legs of Bennington and scores a beautiful goal. Just man, that goal was kind of. I think that goal kind of sucked all the wind out of the Blues. They were kind of done after that. I mean, yeah, they still played hard, and they were still challenging, out shooting the Ducks, and controlling most of the play at times. But I think Derek Grant's goal was kind of the nail in the coffin right there, just as far as their play thing, not just whatever's on the scoreboard. I think that goal just, you know, he, he was he was owning Bennington that game. Like That was Derek Grant's net. It wasn't even Bennington's net. And then, of course, the very end, uh, his hat trick goal, which was amazing. It's just an unselfish play by Getzloff, just trying to – find Grant instead of shooting for the open net which a lot of players tend to do you know being the captain and leader and unselfish person that he is he finds Grant and gets him his first career hat trick and with the special bonus too at the end Grant was talking about how he made a like a bet with his buddy that if he scored a hat trick this season he gets to to name his buddy's firstborn so I we tweeted out on Ducks and Pucks if it's a girl you should name it Gloria <laughs> <laughs> I, I was laughing at that and just so people know yeah I, I'm not the one that always runs the social media uh, Eddie does it uh, I have uh, Aaron and Mario and a couple other guys that also help run uh, the social media stuff but Eddie was running the account that night so <laughs> when I saw the whole thing about Gloria I was just dying laughing I was like oh my god so who knows it, it, if it's a boy, it might it might be Derek. If it's a girl, it might be Gloria. I, I don't know. But that that was some funny stuff at the end of this game. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, all was good. The Ducks won. They entered the losing streak. And then there was a little bit of controversy during this game, I guess. Eddie, uh, you, you saw Sunquist ran into Gibson. And people were wondering kind of what was going to happen with that. A scrum ensued. People were like, is he going to get suspended? Is he going to get fined? He ended up being fined the maximum amount under the CBA, but he wasn't suspended any of the games. What did you think about that play? He, he kind of went for the puck behind the net, and then he uh, crashed into Gibson, hit him in the head, knocked Gibson over. Uh, what were your thoughts? You know, uh, suspension, fine, both. What did you think? 
My first initial thought was I was disappointed in Delorier for not dropping his gloves instantly and going after him instead of just, you know, kind of wrestling around with them. I mean, that's your goalie number one, and if someone touches your goalie, that you should go all out, like regardless. And I, I, I wouldn't have been mad if he got a penalty and it cost the Ducks, you know, for the fact that he's defending his goalie. That was my first initial reaction. The second one, I didn't, I didn't think it looked that bad. Uh, from the first angle I had, and I didn't really get a chance to seriously like sit there, watch it, and digest it because, like, like you were saying, like I was running, I was running not just Twitter, but running the Instagram and Facebook, and you know, just doing all three social media platforms at once, and trying to cover the game live. So it just kind of gets overwhelming where I don't have that time to sit there and, and really analyze it. But when I saw other angles of it, yeah, I, I still stand by my my original statement saying I don't believe it should have been a suspension because it shouldn't have. But I, I do believe the fine was warranted. He had ample enough time to pump the brakes on and stop. He had a second or two, and, and he's a professional hockey player, and those players are, are there for a reason, and you have that time to stop or at least turn your body away to make that minimum contact with the goalie, and he didn't. He just tried to fly through Gibson, and you know, and that could have hurt Gibson. That could have took him out, uh, could have got him a concussion, and, and then without Gibson – we have to rely on Miller and another backup. And not saying Miller's a bad goalie, but I don't think he can handle the workload that Gibson has. So with that, I'm like, okay. And then it just, uh, reading too, uh, last in the playoffs, he did a uh, play similar, uh, like a boarding call. Same thing. The guy went with the puck right away, wrapped it around the boards, and he had that second or two to to stop or just slow himself down, but he didn't. He went and finished his check and got suspend, uh, suspended for that game, I believe, too. So it's, I don't know. I, I still don't think he should have got a suspension for it, but a fine was there, and, and he has to start learning. Like, you know, obviously he's not learning his lesson by supplemental diff- uh, um, penalties or uh, disciplines on, the, you know, for the those dips at the Department of Player Safety. So I, I think some uh, on this case, he needs some ice justice. He needs a knuckle sandwich or two to, to really get him to, you know, to kind of back off, especially with goalies. Like goalies, you, you don't – you try to make the, you know, minimum contact possible. It doesn't matter if he leaves his crease. The rule states, you know, all because a goalie leaves his crease, it doesn't mean he's fair game, in quotes. So it's just, you know, I, I'm happy with the, suspen- or with the fine, but I, I would have been kind of disappointed with the suspension. Yeah, I think part of it here is you're trying to look at this play and say, okay, could he have stopped or not? I don't know if he could have stopped completely, but the thing is is that he doesn't decide to stop. He decides to try to skate through it, but not only does he decide to do that, he jumps and hits Gibson in the head. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, turn your back to the glass and try to slide past Gibson like a lot of players do. Instead... He tries to, to do this jump move and hits him in the head. I mean, like, you're dumb, dude. Like, what, what are you doing? I mean, I don't think it was intentional, like you said. I don't think it was worthy of being uh, suspended. Uh, definitely a fine because anything with head contact is definitely a big issue now. We've seen that in football. We see that in hockey. Uh, and, and anytime that happens. So I, I don't know what he was thinking other than he probably was like, hey, you know what? I can't stop. I'm going to try and jump around him. Uh, which was a poor decision. He she, he should have tried to uh, slide past them instead. Which uh, we've seen players do that. They turn their back, they slam up against the glass, and they in in you know he probably still would have contacted him, but not in the head. That was the issue I think on this play was the head contact. So, uh, but I'm with you. I I think the league got it right. They find him. They didn't suspend him. I'm okay with that. 
uh, with the way it went down. And, uh, you know, the Ducks uh, ended the losing streak. They, they won this game. They beat the defending champs. And we thought everything was good. Uh, the, the Ducks then go into Washington to play another team that had only lost three games of regulation. And I, I, I don't know. There's so much to talk about in this game against Washington, uh, Eddie. The, the Ducks go into this game. They give up a, a, a goal early to panic. Uh, they give up a power play goal to Vetchkin in the second period. Uh, and then all hell breaks loose in the final minute of the second period. Uh, Stephenson scores. There's uh, a fight with like the entire team on the ice. There's some spitting. There's all kinds of craziness that unfolds at the end of the second period. The Ducks end up going down 3-0 going into the fourth period. Excuse me, into the third period. And they... Uh, they get down for nothing, and then they they try to ride back and get some goals, and they they end up losing this game uh, overall, uh, you know. But I I really thought the Ducks didn't play that bad in this game. I just thought that the stuff that unfolded in the second period was just crazy, and it's weird. You thought that the Ducks were playing maybe the Sharks or the Kings or the Predators in this game instead of the Capitals, Eddie. It just this game it went ballistic the second half. Oh yeah, I mean for a hockey fan, it's fun to watch. Except that goal, it was just bad. And and that and the Hathaway incident, which we'll we'll get on right now in a little bit. Uh, but I agree with you. I like just to to back up. I don't think the Ducks, you know, played that bad in this game. That they played a, a a better team. Uh, they have a couple superstars on their team: Ovechkin, Kunetsov, uh, Carlson too. Uh, and the back in the blue line, he's one of their. Uh, I think he's one of the top leaders in the points right now in defense. Like they have an all-around solid team. They have a really gritty team too. Some players like Tom Wilson that loves to throw his body around, but if you give him that time and space, he can put that puck in back of the net and create opportunities too. But I think the the Ducks held their own, and I just I I wasn't too upset that the Ducks lost this game because I, I like the way they play. Like they, they played with they can keep their heads up a game like this. Minus what happened in that second period, and if you want to start breaking into that, because I know a lot of people are probably just telling us, like, okay, guys, shut the hell up and talk about the fights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the end of the second period was just ridiculous. Uh, so Washington, in that part, uh, Hathaway blows up Grant by the side of the net, and then a melee ensues behind. They pass the puck out, and Stephenson shoots it in, and there's a goal scored. Uh, everybody starts fighting. Uh, they take the goal off the board. They add the goal back, and then they say it counts. And, and, and I mean, there's all kinds of craziness going on in here. But there's a lot of stuff. I, I mean, there's two parts of this, I guess, and we can kind of talk about it. Uh, Hathaway hits Grant. Uh, I know some people were talking about interference, but Grant had a hold of the puck, so I don't think it was an interference call. But if you talk about charging... I think a penalty of charging could have be uh, could have been called there. Uh, if you look at uh, NHL Rule 42, it says that charging means the actions of a player or goalkeeper who, as a result of distance traveled, shall violently check an opponent in any manner. A charge may be the result of a check into the boards, into the goal frame, or in open ice, which is exactly what happened here. This is open ice, so they didn't call charging. And the play kept going. I, I, you know, there was. I didn't hear any whistle at all. 
And of course, a melee ensued. Everybody was, you know, people went after Hathaway. Then other uh, Capitals players came in there. There was a big, uh, you know, melee behind the net. And, you know, I was disappointed. I, I don't think the goal should have counted. Uh, either you call charging there on Hathaway and the play's blown dead, or there's fighting and then the play's blown dead. Either way, there should have been a whistle before that goal crossed the line. And, and again, like you said, I, I don't think the Ducks would have won this game. I'm not blaming the refs on this game as far as, uh, you know, these calls and whether or not it would have changed the outcome. I don't think about that. But the refs lost control of this game. And they let too much stuff go on in this sequence. That goal resulted. We'll kind of talk about that, I guess, Eddie, and what, what you thought about that initial part. And then we'll kind of get into the Gabranson and, and Hathaway part because that's kind of the, the, I guess, the second part of this whole nonsense that happened at the end of the period. But... As far as the initial part, what did you think about Hathaway's hit on Grant and then no whistle being called and all that kind of part, I guess? Well, it's uh, well as a, as a Ducks fan and I guess an unfan of Hathaway now, uh, I, I, I hate that hit and I hate, you know, I, I think it should have been called, but then I'd be hypocritical on everything that I stand for and believe in and hockey because I like that physical part of the game. And I don't think the initial hit should have been anything called it, it was just, uh you know he dropped his shoulder it's a good hit separating player from the puck and i personally don't think it should have been a call if it was vice versa and it was uh richie throwing a, a hit on hathaway the same thing i mean I, I bet a lot of ducks fans would have a different opinion on that so like i i kind of want to take that bias out of being a ducks fan and throw that out there like i don't think that should have been a hit or that should have been a penalty it was a nice clean hit and like big solid hits like that are missing from today's game it what makes the game exciting and and what what's part of hockey however i don't think that goal should have counted there was they started fighting after that hit and usually you know the referees are you know flying in there blowing their whistle and trying to break things up when players even brush each other and just this game, all of a sudden, the refs want to let it go and not even attempt to blow the whistle until after the goal score. It's like, okay, well, what's going on? Other games, two willing combatants are really to fight at it, and a ref's like flying in like Superman or someone that's offering free Disney Plus or something. They're <laughs> so quick to get in there. But this game, we have what, what five players behind the net just scrapping and throwing blows and the refs are just sitting there with a finger up their ass waiting for the Capitals to score. It's like, okay, well, what's going on? Are you selling the Capitals cocaine or something? You guys all are, are conspiracy and cahoots and your little cocaine dealings over there. We know the Capitals, some other players have problems with that. That's the thing that pissed me off the most. Like, that shouldn't have been a goal. Regardless if the Ducks would have won or not or if, you know, if, if you know if this game was really meant for the Capitals to win, that still shouldn't have been a goal. Like, Right when that fight's to happen, you should just blew your whistle and try to get in there like you guys do every other game. But I don't know, just the officials this season from last year, it's just getting worse and worse. Like they are, are terrible, and it's not just the Ducks games I'm watching. I watch a lot of the Avalanche games. Uh, I watch, you know, I watch whatever hockey's on. If the Avs or the Ducks aren't playing, I'll just watch to watch and seen some of the calls and. Like I was watching a, I forgot who the Kings were playing. I had a few bad calls on them. I was like, oh my god, I'm actually siding with the Kings. But it was just, they're terrible. Like man, I I don't want to wish harm or anyone to get hurt, but I think some of these refs can eat a few pucks and get their heads out of their ass. 
Yeah, and, and and I think a few analysts should eat a few pucks too because I you know I called in on the uh, duck call show right after the game, and Josh Brewster and whoever he had on there, the guy named was Adam. They were both like, "Oh yeah, this goal should have counted, no big deal." And I'm like, "You guys are smoking crack. I I don't know what you guys are talking about." So, you know, I don't know I don't know what they saw on there, but uh, like you said, you could debate the charging play. Uh, it wasn't interference because Grant did touch the puck. You can go back and forth about whether or not it's charging. But if you say, okay, it's not charging, fine. Everybody's fighting. And they're fighting well before that shot is ever taken. So that play should not have counted. Uh, even the other guy, uh, what's his name? Pete Blackburn, whoever that guy is. He, he posted something too on Twitter about, well, the Ducks started a fight and they should have worried about the puck. Okay, I get it. But really, dude, uh, your teammate gets blown up right next to the net. You're just going to stand there and not do anything? Think about it, dude. You you haven't played hockey. You probably don't understand the sport. So whatever. But uh, I I don't think the Ducks did anything wrong there. I I mean obviously the whistle's not blown. You can't stop playing until the whistle is blown, which I think Gibson kind of did on that play because you could kind of see him. He didn't really he didn't really go after that that shot. He kind of just stood there. So maybe Gibson should have at least blocked it like a real shot. Uh, and it wouldn't have gone in. Instead, he, he's just there, and it goes in, and he's just thinking, well, it's not going to count because of all this nonsense, which is what we all thought. So, you know, whatever. So all that stuff goes on. They count the goal, which is, I'm sorry, it's BS. They counted it. And then you have Gabranson and Hathaway go at it. Uh, Gabranson gives Hathaway a little bit of a punch. Then Hathaway decides to spit in Gabranson's face. Uh, as we learned, there's going to be a hearing for that to see what they're going to say. But... This is just a bunch of nonsense, and uh, Hathaway's reaction to that, his comment is, quote, unfortunately, spit came out of my mouth after I got sucker punched, and it went on to him. Uh, you know, I don't know what he's talking about. Maybe he should watch the replay, because he spit well after Gabranson gave him a little punch there. Uh, so, I don't know. That guy, Hathaway has no class. I do hope he is suspended. Uh, it's the right thing. And since some people disagreed, I was surprised that some people thought, oh, there should be no goal. It's not a big deal. We did a poll on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, 80% of you said that the goal shouldn't have counted. On Facebook, 89% of you said that the goal shouldn't have counted. So, you know, I, I mean, I throw it out there. I, I, I like to not just say it's my opinion or Eddie's opinion on this show or on social media. I like to do the poll questions and see what other people think. But a majority of people think the goal shouldn't have counted. And it shouldn't have, period. I don't know what some of these guys are saying for AM830 or CBS. Maybe they should hire some other people, but they got it wrong. And Hathaway should be suspended. And like you said, Eddie, I'm not mad that the Ducks lost this game. I don't know that they necessarily should have won it. But the refs lost control of this game, and it shouldn't have got to this point. Oh, I, I, I 100% agree with you. And and just a key note on these polls that we, we give on Twitter you know, we retweet them from our personal accounts, and we have a lot of people that aren't Ducks fans that follow you know our personal accounts. So they add their input. So it's not just we're putting a, a poll strictly on a Ducks platform. I you know it usually gets shared. You know, my personal social media platform, which I have a ton of people that don't like the Ducks that are Kings fans or are this fans, and you know, so it's not just. You know, we're, we're, we're posting on a Ducks platform strictly only for Ducks fans. So just throwing that out there so people won't think that it's just biased. But uh, to fast or to, to rewind a little bit on Hathaway, 
uh, uh, some people are saying that you know it's Gabranson's fault and, ju- and justifying Hathaway you know spitting on him, but you know saying a sucker punch like okay, well you want to talk about sucker punches? Hathaway had Grant to the floor, elbowing him in the head multiple times, and then if you guys didn't catch it, if we posted the clip on uh, on our Ducks and Pucks page, I-, I might make a gif of it to specifically target that area. But he need him in the in the head while he was down with his knee. Uh, I I don't know why you know no one made a big deal about that and then like I can't understand and justify how a grown ass man can spit on another person that is the most disrespectful disrespecting thing you can ever be like you are a low class piece of shit if you're gonna spit on someone and then you have people defending him like trying to compare you know a sucker punch that Hathaway deserved because he was uh, screwing with the. Uh, with Branson's neck thing and was pulling it, so he, you know, he should have left it alone. So he got that little rabbit punch. That doesn't justify you spitting on someone. That's just, man, I'm telling you, like, Branson, if if you're if you're arguing that it's you know Branson's fault because he had that little rabbit punch and that warranted spitting, then you obviously have been living in a bubble and you never been, you know, you never probably had a, a fist to your face. Uh, you don't know anything about respect. I, I it's just man, I, I I'm not as young as people. I'm not in my twenties. I'm thirty two, and I have a level of respect. And if someone comes and they're gonna spit in my face, you best believe you, you're not gonna walk away from that. And if I, if I do lose that battle, you, I'm I'm gonna win the war because that's just the, the most lowest thing you can do. And then him not even owning up to it, him justifying it, and his little sarcastic little oh well after the sucker punch, spit flew out of my mouth. Dude, be a man. Man up and fess up to what you did. You let your emotions get to you. You had a bitch moment. And, and no, now you just you just look like even more of a bitch. And I'm sorry if this offends anyone, and I apologize for that. But, you know, I had a bunch of people, you know, and uh, saying the same thing on Twitter. A lot of female fans referring to him as a bitch, too, on Twitter. It just, you know, I hope he gets suspended. And I, I hope he's there come December when the Capitals visit Honda Center. And I really hope that he gets some, you know, ice justice because that's just uncalled for. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Like I said, you, you you thought this game was the Ducks against, like, the Sharks or the Kings or even the Predators. And, yeah, they're going to meet again in December. And I hope the Ducks beat the crap out of them. I don't even care if the Ducks win that game. I hope they just beat the crap out of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, not trying yeah, to encur- I I'm not trying to encourage violence, but this is just ridiculous. What Hathaway did is uncalled for. I don't care if you want to say that Branson's shot was a cheap shot or not. What Hathaway did before that was a cheap shot. So you got cheap shot, cheap shot. Going back and forth by both those players. But to spit in somebody, that's that's actually a crime out on the street. If you don't know that, that's assault and battery. You can look up the definition. I'll, I'll read it to you, actually. I, it talks about it. It says, assault refers to an act which causes the victim to apprehend immediate physical harm. And battery refers to the actual act. And that's what happened. He spit, which was the immediate physical harm, and then it actually hit him in the face. So if that happened in the street, he would have been charged with assault and battery. So we've seen a lot of stuff back in the history of hockey with people with sticks and whatnot getting charged with assault with a deadly weapon because you're carrying around a stick and hitting a player. Uh, you know, he's lucky he's not criminally charged in this. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's uncalled for. And then his response is a joke. He should have just manned up and said, yeah, I got mad. I spit at him. And you know what? I would have taken that. I would have been like, you know what, Hathaway? I can appreciate that. At least you admitted your emotions got to you and you did that. But instead, you didn't. You made it. You made a thing out of it. Well, oh, he punched me. Yeah, dude, that was after you freaking need him and punched him. Like, what? What are you talking about? So, you know, this game just irritated the hell out of me. We uh, 
We had a watch party too for this game, and of course the Ducks lost. The Ducks are now... Uh, they, we've had three watch parties this year, and they've lost every time. So maybe we're not going to have any more watch parties. I, I don't know. But the Ducks lost this one. Um, I, I don't think that they should have won it uh, regardless, but the refs did let the game get out of control. Uh, I just hope the league takes the proper uh, discipline against Hathaway and, and, and you know see what they do. So uh, with that, the Ducks, they're still on the road trip, Eddie, and they're still fighting out. They've still got games to go. But what, what a crazy game in the nation's capital. Oh yeah, I want one more thing I wanted to add. Uh, you're talking about the how the referees need to get control, but you know, Gabranson and Hathaway, they wanted to go, and the refs were just right in the middle of their faces. Both of them had, you know, were just ready to go. Back up, step back, let them throw blows, let them both fight. Once one player falls, get in the middle of them. End of that. No sucker punch would have been thrown. Uh, he would uh, uh, Gabranson wouldn't have got spat on. It, it would have been done and done, and we wouldn't have been talking about supplemental discipline. That's it. So I think the referees have some responsibility on this too. You have two willing combats. This is hockey. Let them fight. Just let them go. Once they hit the ice, then jump in there and you know gain that control. But when you're just holding one arm over you know two of these players that are in a heated state of agitation and you expect them not to do anything, no, let them get that out. They're big boys. They're both willing to go. Like just let them fight. And I think the ref escalated by that point. It's like just having his one little hand. It's just that's what irritates me like you know some plays they they won't blow a whistle but then they jump in there and they, they just make everything worse it just gets frustrating and i, I want to uh, talk too if, if if the tables were turned and gabranson was the one that spat on hathaway i'd be saying the same thing about gabranson because th that's just it doesn't matter who the player is th that is just uncalled for yeah absolutely if, if the tables were reversed that's that's what i would say too you know i'm not just saying it because it's washington but it is i mean the guy did that if one of our guys did that, I wouldn't accept that. I would be like, I'd be embarrassed, you know. So to hear some people defending Hathaway, sorry, dude. I, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, you're you're wrong. And that goal shouldn't have counted. What Hathaway did was uncalled for. But, uh, you know, we'll have to wait for the rematch in December, and I can't wait. I hope the Ducks just pound the crap out of Washington. I, I'm just tired of them. I, I just I, I think that this game got out of hand. And it was ridiculous. And it was weird. I, I really didn't think... I mean, we've seen some kind of crazy games with the Ducks and the Capitals. Some high-scoring games. We've seen the Ducks come back and beat them. Wild things like that. I This was something I completely did not expect. Uh, the amount of hatred on the ice there. They, they really also hated uh, Brendan Gooley in this game. They were going oh, after yeah. him left and right oh. in this game. I felt Gooley just got murdered in this game. So... Uh, I was happy to see the Ducks at least stand up for the, themselves and, and and do what they need to do in this game. But, uh, I, I mean, all the games so far this season, Eddie, the, you know, regardless of the outcome, this one had to be the wildest one the Ducks have played, you know, so far. Oh, yeah, it went out of hand. I couldn't believe that that second period just went went nuts. I was like, holy crap. I was about to go play hockey, too, at, at 830. I had two games. And that that capitals and ducks game just fired me up and adding that pre-workout i was i was flying but man that was just one of the craziest games and unfortunately it would have been cool if the ducks would have snuck it and got a win out of this one but you know you're right too i was wondering what the hell did ghoulie do did he like they were just on him like from the beginning it was like man is there, is there bad blood there's, there's like was there something that he did in buffalo against washington that they didn't like and they're paying him back especially tom wilson tom wilson just kept going after Gooley and he tried to knock him down 
And then Tom Wilson ends up falling and then goes and tries to throw a punch at Gooley. It's like, man, poor guy. But you know what? He held his own. And when things got rough, he, he was in the mix. He didn't back down, even being a lot smaller than Tom Wilson. So I have to give him credit for that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This game, I don't know. I just shake my head. I just kind of going off, and I, I don't want to keep going off about it. <laughs> so, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah, uh, I was going to say, too, like, yeah, uh, we saw all your comments on, you know, Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, and we really appreciate the comments. We try to answer as many as we can. But so, like, with things like that, when we're consistently posting and we have, like, you know, a bunch of different responses. It's hard to get back to everyone, but I just want to throw it out there for those listening. And, and you know, thank you for, you know, participating in the discussions in the comments when we post videos. You know, we do appreciate that. And we do read all of them, even if we don't respond to each and every one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys make this show. That's why we do the podcast polls and whatnot. Um, we're kind of halfway through the show, so I'll kind of throw out the sponsor right now, which uh, Eddie worked on this. We have OC Animal Care. Uh, has been kind of helping out with us this season as well. And they have uh, different events coming up. Uh, actually, right now, November 16th through the 24th, you can adopt different pets. So check out uh, OC Animal Care. They're at uh, 1630 Victory Road in Tustin. And they're helping us out. So if you, know, you like dogs or you like cats or you like both, um, check them out. And we're happy to have them on there. Uh, Eddie and I both talked about pets being near and dear to our heart. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, we'll be posting different things. Uh, you know, like we talked about in the previous show, there's no more Andrew Cagliano, obviously, no more Cogs for Dogs. But we're kind of doing this to kind of have uh, a pet connection uh, with the team uh, for this season and moving forward. So look for that. They're sponsoring this uh, podcast this time around. And uh, with that, we'll get to uh, the interview with Tamu Solani. I had him uh do a, a you know about 15 minute interview uh, yesterday before the ducks played uh the washington capitals so uh here's the interview with tamu salani all right joining me now is uh one of your favorite players of all time tamu salani uh thanks for taking the time out of your day to be on the show tamu anytime uh, so I kind of have some topics to go over. Uh, there's eight of them, obviously, because you're number eight. It kind of makes sense. So, <laughs> so always eight, always eight. Yeah, always eight, right? I mean, briefly thirteen at one point, but yes, always eight. So we'll kind of go through them and you know just kind of see where it goes. But you know, I I guess the first one to start out with is your nickname. Uh, I know some guys call you T. Uh, I call you Big T once in a while. What about uh, the world's most interesting man? How about that as a nickname? Yeah, I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least in the hockey world, right, Tamu? <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. But, you know, it's uh, actually it's good to have a different nickname. So I, don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, any other nicknames? Uh, maybe a couple, but, you know, we don't have to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we'll go with T or, or Big T for, for now, right? <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, you had your book that came out recently. That's come. Uh, you know some of the topics I'll cover here. But um, uh, is it true? I guess in Finland, when you were there, you had to do one year uh, in the military. There is. It, was it the army or how does that work in Finland? Yeah. So in Finland, we have mandatory army service. It's either six months, nine months, or eleven months. Uh-huh. And uh, first three months is pretty much basic training for everybody, and then they rank you. And they usually try to put the higher rank uh, p- 
people to the 11 months program and then you know so i was 11 months and uh, you know it's you know it's kind of tough when you go there uh obviously it's a, it's a it's a tough good school but uh i think it's really it's, i think when you go there as a boy and yeah. you come back as a man it's a it's a really good school oh that's awesome what rank were you when you were there so so i was at the 11 months program so technically i'm just running the own little squadron like seven people we are we are the people that we're gonna go find the enemies you know if we have to you know they usually try to put the athletes who are in good shape that uh, the jobs that you know needs a lot of uh, in good shape and you know like uh, you know can handle the pressure and stuff so but hopefully we don't have to go you know that kind of road so but it's, like i said it's, uh, i think things we are very proud of that we have that own army and uh, and we can protect ourselves if we have to yeah awesome uh another another thing in there too that you mentioned i guess you were a kindergarten uh teacher at some point yeah so when i was done with army i i i tried to be just a professional hockey player but at the time you know nobody was like a full pro you know and uh so our practice were always like five o'clock or six o'clock at night so i had this whole a day to kill you know i was just so bored and and i it started affecting my my, my training and, and games you know because i didn't have uh, like enough things in my life you know so and then my mom was uh working that industry like 30 years and uh and when i was like 15 i was helping her in the kindergarten so then then she asked me that if i want to go like like three times a week four hours uh, a day there and I said, okay, yeah, let's try that. And, uh, you know, I was there like four times a week and uh, loved it. You know, it was just, uh, I was there over two years. And, you know, I, I think I was in the, you know, same mental level than they there. So I, ha- I had a lot of fun. <laughs> now, I mean, for, for that, did you have to have a lot of patience, Tamu? I mean, you had kids, you know, they're like five, six years old. I mean, how does that work? You know, I have, but I, I've always liked kids, you know, and, you know, technically I was just running the, all the sports and all, all the activities, and then I was helping in the class classroom like an hour and a half or something. So it was perfect balance for my life at the time, and uh, right away I, I, I could see the big difference in my, my hockey game too. You know, it was uh, like night and day, so it was a good, good thing for me. And, you know, like I've always liked the kids, and it was uh, it a good job for me. Hey, if, when I was in kindergarten, if you were my teacher, I would have listened to you. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so you you had the the book. You know, is your big thing lately? I know it came out in uh, 2014 in Finland, and then it came out this year. Uh, any changes from that year to this year, or was it just translated into English? No, no. It, it's a, it's a it's a different book kind of you know there's some of course there's some some same stories but we have we have changed quite much and more focus in uh, this u.s uh, canadian market so uh, more stories about life here and 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 so and, and the finnish one was more like a coffee table uh book it's huge and heavy you know and this is more like a normal book so uh you know it's uh it has been a fun process you know and uh first i was not so excited about the the, the English version, but then you know, I'm, I'm after all, I'm happy that we did it. You know, it's uh, it's something that lasts forever, and it's. Uh, I hope there's uh, some stories that people like it. You know, 
Yeah, well, you know, one of the stories, I remember we talked about this too, uh, was you teaching Getzloff how to uh, do donuts. You want to talk about that in the Honda Center? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, well, Getz, he, he likes cars. I, saw, I uh, saw him a couple of times how to make the donuts, and he tried to do that too. And it was so funny. One time, it was the one day before the Stanley Cup finals at the Honda Center. We are leaving same time for the practice, and, uh, and then he asked me again, like, just show me one more time how to, how to do it. And so I was doing the donuts and the smoke every, everywhere, and he tried a little bit, and then I said, okay, jump in my car, and I show you how the, I had like a manual gearbox, so I said, how, how it works. So then I showed again, and then all of a sudden two people are walking walking to us, and uh, and he saw the, the badge, you know, and and... We are like, oh, oh, now we're in trouble, you know. <laughs> two, two policemen, you know. And then Getty, he, he was already walking to his car, so he took off. He left, he left me there, you know. <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, the, the cops asked me, like, who, who was that guy? I said, uh, well, he was my, my teammate. I said, uh, who was it? Uh, so I, I wasn't sure if I want to tell who he, who he was. But then I said, okay, he was Getsoff. And then he said, okay, yeah, we know you. We know who you guys are. We are doing the inspection for the tomorrow's finals you know and uh, and then he said uh, okay guys we need you on the ice uh so so just go and get ready for tomorrow and they'll get you what a, what a great friend he's left you here so <laughs> so it was pretty pretty funny but uh obviously you know it was not the smartest thing to do but uh at least it was in the parking spot that you know nobody get, can get hurt or something so it was funny yeah, and I and I know that uh, we we joke about this before. You know, you talk about driving around and whatnot. And I tell you, you know, slow down on Oso Parkway or Antonio. You know what I mean? I I can help you out. You know, wink, <laughs> wink, a little bit. You know, uh, you know, with what I do with my real job. But um, you've kind of toned that down a little bit, huh? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know normally I don't drive fast in the normal traffic. You know, I used to race cars when I was younger and. And uh, you know the racetrack and and the place where it, where it, where it, it is safe. You know it's fine to drive fast and and do some stuff, but not in the normal traffic. That's not the place. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Getzloff, uh, he played his one thousandth game as a Duck. Uh, the Ducks also played their one thousandth game at home at Honda Center. You know you played fifteen, almost fifteen hundred games in the NHL and just under a thousand. Uh, with the Ducks, uh, what's your best memory of playing for Anaheim? I mean, out, obviously, outside the Stanley Cup, we all know that was probably number one. But what other memories, you know, uh, playing with Anaheim, would you say rank up there? Well, you know, the thing is, obviously, I, I saw, you know, the times when we were struggling and we, didn't, we barely make the playoffs, and you knew that you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. You know, obviously, the f- first thing, you know, you know, I had a chance to play with Paul. You know, not not so often you find the teammate that the chemistry is so good uh, between two players, and the, the hockey was so easy with him. And uh, so I think the first thing that that was the nicest, uh, nicest uh, memory. And the second time, obviously, the Stanley Cup, like you, you mentioned, and winning, playing the winning team. You know that everybody is expecting to win, and everybody's, you know, take a lot of pride to to have success you know so it was kind of like a it was great journey uh and you know we have a our core player players were long time same guys and uh 
I think that would make the team very special. But, uh, you know, Ducks have always been so special place for me and they have been treating me so well and everything. So there's so many great memories and, and, uh, and obviously I always play with the great players. So, you know, it was quite easy for me, but, uh, there's a good memories and, you know, it's still fun to be a little part of that uh, organization. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, what are your thoughts on this season? The Ducks they uh, started out strong, they were on a losing streak, but then they beat you know the defending champs, the the St. Louis Blues. Uh, what do you think about the team this year? You know what? I, I told right away that I think this team can surprise a lot of people. We have a, lot, a pretty nice combination of older players and a lot of good young players. I think the young players are still a little too young to to uh, you know to carry the team, uh, but. Uh, you know, they're, they're still, you know, it's so funny, these young guys, they're not really that young anymore. Even their numbers are, but, you know, they play in this, they, with the way how they prepare the, the NHL. It's unbelievable how they're ready there right away. And uh, so sometimes it takes a little time to get used to it, but I, I think this team can really surprise a lot of people. And uh, and then guys like Getsy and those guys, they have to be the best players. And I, I, I like the Getsy, how he has played so far. So I think they have a, enough tools to, to really play well i think we have two best goaltenders in the league so uh, you know there's a lot of good things you know and obviously you just need to get confidence going you know you don't want to start losing five six games you know or something like that because then you lose the confidence as a team and it's also hard to bounce back but uh, you know i'm i'm i have a lot of faith for this team you know i think uh, you know they can do really well you know yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they played well, uh, you know, against uh, the good teams, you know, Edmonton, St. Louis, and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see how they do the rest of the way. Um, for you, uh, what's the plan? I, I know we talked about coaching before. You kind of were like, eh, I don't think I'm going to do that. So is that in the future or is maybe broadcasting in the future? Like what's next for the for the big T? That's uh, that's a good question. I'm still awaiting what what I'm gonna be when I grow up, you know. So, <laughs> so <laughs> but you know, the, the the coaching and and in the hockey business overall, like you have to be 100% commitment when you go there. It's like another career, you know. It's it, as a coach, you, you spend more time uh, on the rink than as a player, and it's obviously it's a different pressure. But uh, you know, so far I haven't really got that. Uh, that feeling that I want to be uh, part of that and uh, that I'm ready to give that much my time. You know, I've been quite, <laughs> quite chill with my time right now. And, you know, living 30 years with somebody else's schedule, I've been really enjoying that I can manage my own, own, uh, own, own time and, and, and schedule. But, uh, you know, I'm still waiting that if I get itchy for be a part, more part, part of the team and, and, and hockey overall. And uh, so far, I, I haven't really got that uh, feeling, but you never know. I'm, I'm, but like I said, you gotta be ready if you, if you decided to go and, and get back to hockey. Well, I mean that's true, and I mean you could kind of maybe go the spat, uh, the path of uh, Scotty Niedermeyer. I mean you could help out the team while they're at home and and not have to go on the road. Maybe be you know kind of uh, that kind of role. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? I had a, I had a couple of dinners with. Uh, Dallas Eakins, who's the coach, and I used to play with him actually in Winnipeg and everything. So he's a great guy and he has a good vision about what I could do. So I think first I would be like the mentor for the young guys and start coming in for a couple 
couple times a week and hang around and and, and I think that's one what I, I could uh, do, do you know and I kind of stepped the locker room life but uh, so but you know I said okay let me think about it and I don't want to rush anything so uh, but uh, that's something I thought I could uh, I could uh, do it and then maybe get another feeling that you know how much I want to really spend time there so uh, let's see what happens you know we haven't we are talking that let's let's see what happens but uh, no plans right now no I, I get it and uh i mean you've got all your stuff going on and uh i just uh thank you for coming on the show it's been a couple times before that you've been on here so i appreciate it Tamu. hey mike anytime and that was the interview with uh Tamu Slani. uh eddie what did you think uh, he came on there he talked about his book uh you know gets off 1000th game uh, it doesn't look like he's going to do any coaching anymore, but uh, what you know, or at least try to do it, I should say. But what what did you think about Tamu coming on the show and and sharing his thoughts about his book and and the team? It's just really great, and and thank you, Slani, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And just him giving his time to to come and talk talk some hockey to us. It's just you know he's. I don't know if he thinks or if he knows who the person he is. Like you're a hall of dude. You're a legend. You're you're probably like in my eyes. You're the greatest athlete in this the whole world. And, and you take the time to, to to talk on our podcast. It's just something amazing. And it's funny. He's he's just he's just so happy. You can just feel his his positive energy. Every interview he gives, every interaction, the podcast. You can just you know he's not forced. He just loves it, and he just loves to talk hockey. He loves the game. He just when he talks about it, and you ask him questions, how he laughs, you just see a you know a picture of a little kid, Team Uslani, first seeing hockey at the age of twelve when he first saw his first NHL games. Just that passion is still there, and I love that from him. Uh, the whole nickname thing was kind of funny. Uh, I, I was hoping to mention. Uh, his his I guess his first unofficial nickname when he went to the Winnipeg Jets training camp, one of the defensemen gave him a nickname called uh, "Holy Shit" because that was like kind of the only words he knew and only words he would say. So uh, that uh, that's in his book too. What we're gonna do on Saturdays uh, now uh, we're gonna call it Slani Saturday, which has been the hashtag. It's been that some people have been using, but we're gonna pull some random a random fact out of Slani's book and we're gonna put it like a trivia thing. Um, we're going to ask the question, put four responses, and then we're going to quote and retweet the, the real answer. But if you guys haven't checked it out yet, uh, they have it on Amazon. It's like 28 bucks. It's, you know, great read, a great book. I couldn't put it down. I was reading pages over and over again. You know, it took me two nights to read because I was just rereading pages over again. Oh, I liked one chapter. Let me go re- reread it again. Then I thought, oh, I want to start taking notes on the book and I want to start posting like trivia questions. So with that, we are also going to give away a Solani signed copy of his book. So stay tuned for that. We're going to post it on our social media platform. So hopefully uh, you'll uh, be that lucky winner. And when you do, just get the book and don't put it down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing to have him on the show. He's been on a couple times. Uh, just always a great person when it comes to the fans and whatnot and interaction. So uh, thank you, Tamu, for being on the show again. And we'll see, you know, we may have him on in the future as well. So let's wrap up the show. Uh, still plenty to talk about. We have a lot of stuff going on in the league news, Eddie. Uh, again, more stuff with the refs, screwing things up for a lack of a better term. So let's kind of talk about some of the stuff going on around the league as we finish up the show. Well, we're going to start off with a really hot topic after the Don Cherry incident. 
was uh, Jess Allen from CTV. CTV is a Canadian social opinion debate debate show. I believe it's kind of equivalent to the United States The View, or they just go and talk about their opinions on what's going on and argue about it amongst themselves. Well, Jess Allen, one of the, I guess, the personalities in the show, she made a statement about how she doesn't worship the altar of hockey and that how, you know, specifically targeting, like, they're a bunch of white boys who weren't very nice, they um, they weren't thoughtful, and they were often bullies, and talk about how, like, their parents could afford to spend 5000 on minor hockey, they should be traveling the world, and just making disgusted comments like that, and I mean, yeah, last show, I didn't want to get into to agree or disagree with Don Cherry. I just believe his platform was wrong. I guess her platform's a little different. However, I, I think this was a disgusting remark that targeted and generalized a, a certain race of people, and nothing happened to her. Uh, CTV gives out this half-ass apology saying, we apologize, quote, we apologize to everyone who was offended by the remarks, quote, Okay, like, what kind of apology is that? So you're saying it's okay for your, your rating 2.8 uh, show in Canada that you can just talk crap about white boys that play hockey? That That's absolutely bullshit. And I, you know what, Mike? I'm sorry, but that's fucking ridiculous. I grew up with a lot of those white boys playing hockey. Man, they were they weren't bullies. They were really thoughtful. I didn't grow up with a lot of money. There's times where I couldn't afford to play uh, pay my league fees or club fees, or I couldn't afford to get the new jerseys that they wanted. But no, they would help me out. You know, they they wouldn't ask for anything in return. They wanted me just to to be there and play and be part of the team. Man, and this interaction when hanging out with these guys too, they were nice and polite to everyone. So friendly and social. It really touched uh, touched and hurt me, too, that really uh, got me really upset, my blood boiling, is one of the fathers from the Humboldt Broncos uh, bus crash, this, his son that passed away and other players that passed away, he, he called her out saying, like, you know, you know, his son died. Like, you don't know his son or all the other players that died to be generalizing everyone of hockey because you had a couple bad experiences or of you had a couple bad apples there's bad apples everywhere unfortunately in life but to say that that kind of hit home and i think those were just disgusting comments and, and just that show i i never even heard of it until now but they're now infamous and i can't believe people can agree with that and and, and that that's okay to to target specific race and to generalize people like that that's just oh man I mean, you know what? I, I talked about how spitting on someone is extremely disrespectful. I think I just hawk one right at her face because what she said was absolutely disgusting in my eyes. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Uh, like you said, Don Cherry said some stuff over the time. Uh, we knew what happened. Uh, you know, we talked about it on the last show. And, like, we're not taking sides here. You know, we just we throw stuff out there. You know, you guys, we have our poll questions. You guys, you know, vote on them. You respond with questions and whatnot. But... You have what happened to him, and then you have this Jess uh, Allen girl doing this and nothing. So, I mean, I'm just kind of confused here. So, we're going to get mad at him, but not her. Uh, you know, what's going on here? I, I don't get it. And it doesn't matter what race you're talking about, whether it's white, black, purple, purple, yellow, green, I, I, you know, whatever. I, I don't get it. So, I, I just don't understand. It's unfortunate. Uh, but if you're going to hold one guy to standard, then you should hold the other person. And that that's my issue with that, Eddie. Yeah, yeah same here. And I, I'll backtrack. It does matter uh, when you said the colors because green, green, uh, a Minnesota wild. So I'll, I'll 
I'll, I'll be discriminatory against the green. <laughs> as, as that part, I'm talking about the wild. But so we all know my deep, passionate hatred for the wild. But yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'm sorry I went off on a little rant there. And I'm sorry I dropped the F-bomb. I tried. I bit my tongue a lot. I probably have a little scar on my tongue right now. <laughs> and I, yeah, just that really hit home. Because I grew up I grew up with this sport. I love this game. I, I love this game. I can put this game as much as I love this game with my friends and family in that category. I live for this game. The first thing I do before I go to sleep, I'm checking every every news article of new things, any news that breaks. Uh, if I have an idea in the middle of the night to design something or create or write a story, I'm taking notes or I'm writing it. You can ask Mike. He gets text messages at 3, 4 in the morning, just random ideas or things that I make. The uh, first thing I do and you know, when I wake up in the morning, I make sure my parents are okay. I'm not getting an emergency phone call, but the next thing I'm doing it's checking my phone to see what's going on in the hockey world just to to be there and post and learn about it. I love this game with the passion and someone that talks down to it and down to all the players I grew up playing with. A uh, few of them that went on to be semi-pros, one pro and just no, I, I I I am the person I am today because of hockey and I don't know how my life growing up the way I did, you know, not having, you know, the best things and growing up poor. I don't know how my life would have turned out if I didn't get attached to this game of hockey and be surrounded by the people that I, I was surrounded by. I and mean, looking now, like I, I never felt a sense of purpose than I do and then talking about hockey and being part of this sport. And I really hope I continue this path and I'm going to make this sport some in my future. Cause you know, I want to be one of those people that, that goes to a, a, a job that I love so I can never work a day in my life. So just that, that specific thing just really ticked me off how she said that. So, I mean, it's done and over with now. We obviously hearing the half-ass apology and her half-ass apology, you know, just it's just you know she's just an ugly person inside and out. It's just disgusting that that her thought process is like that. And I really hope that one day she just has an open mind and starts hanging out and getting to know the sport and the players more, so she doesn't have that generalization of the few people that that made her think that way. I hope that she can. You know, I know uh, Paul Bissonnette invited her to come to a Coyotes game and he can show her how hockey players are and so she can get a better understanding. You know what? Even though I'm upset about the comments, I hope that, that she can just open her mind and really, you know, be around the sport and, and the players that represent the sport and, and they can show her that other side of it and how hockey players are probably one of the, like some of the best people on the planet. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, well, just have to see what happens from here on out. I mean, she apologized, but still, like you said, kind of, you know, half-hearted. So, um, you just kind of see what they do from here on out. I just don't understand the double standard between her and Don Cherry. I, you know, if you're going to treat one one way, you should treat them both the same way. I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe things are different in Canada. But uh, you got a couple other league news you want to talk about, Eddie, as we wrap up the show? Yeah, speaking of Don Cherry, his podcast dropped today called The Grapevine. So it's on Spotify. He uh, he goes into a little bit detail about the firing. Not too much that people were hoping for, that they were hoping for more, you know, you know, Don Cherry, I guess. Um, how it described it, it's going to be a longer version of Coach's Corner. And they're going to add, like, you know, clips of his old, old show, The Grapevine, when he was, like, interviewing... Um, you know, former players like of the past. So if you guys want to check that out, you can. Other league news, Roberto Luongo it took an advisory role with the Panthers front office that caused kind of some tra- uh, controversy because the Panthers 
do owe him still until the 2021-22 season about $1 million since his retirement. And then the Vancouver Canucks, the same until the same year, 2021-2022, they owe him about $3 million and some change. So a lot of the, you know, Canucks fans or, or, you know, media got upset thinking that he was just kind of taking an advisory role to work for the Panthers, making that money that they owe him. That's not the case. He's going to be making an additional amount to take that advisory role on top of the, the money that Florida owes him. And then he's still getting the money that Vancouver owes him. I don't know why that was such an issue, but it, I mean, that's kind of said and done and he's, he's over there. And I really hope he gets into TV personality or something. Cause that guy is funny as hell. I would love to see him. You know, it, him and Brzezgalov doing a, a podcast together. Oh man, forgot about it. That, that'd be funny. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like, TJ Brody of the Calgary Flames unfortunately had a really scare. He collapsed on the ice. He's described as having seizures. He had to be rushed to the hospital, and that was really, really scary to see. It's scary to read as a fan. Uh, he's going through a bunch of tests right now. He's out indefinitely. So, like, my thoughts and prayers are with him, and hopefully everything works out. Hopefully he he gets back on the ice. If not, hopefully he has a healthy life. Uh, New Jersey's Corey Snyder uh, surprisingly was put on waivers. Him and his six million dollar cap hit. His uh, put on waivers for the purpose of getting sent down to the AHL. They want him to get his confidence in his game back. He was their goalie of the future, and he helped the, the the Devils, you know, reach that playoff spot. And after the hip, it just went down. He just never been the same, and he he lost his starting role. And and then unfortunately, then you know, for him, he has to go down and prove himself again. And I wish him the best of luck. It's it's sad to see a player, especially of his caliber to get you know to go down in the minors but hopefully he can get some more playing time it's a little slower down there he can just you know maybe the hip wasn't as good he can get some more rehab and maybe earn a spot and come back it's happened before you know you look at players like Devin Dubnik that was waived how many times and then he you know he's now an elite goalie with the ugh, I'm not gonna say their name but he's an elite goalie so that was pretty you know that was pretty sad to see but you know I wish him all the best uh, we have two more uh, league news. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go into the Calvert incident of the Colorado Avalanche when he he blocked a puck with his head and he was laying there on the ice bloody, no call. Before that, we're gonna talk about. Uh, Mikey mentioned uh, Darcy Kemper and Arizona Coyotes and the Calgary Flames. A little line brawl. Yeah, I, this one was hilarious. Uh, you <laughs> saw it, uh, Kachuk and Kemper got into it. Uh, they knocked uh, Demers on the ice, and then Kachuk gives him an extra shot. And then Kemper comes out and basically body slams Kachuk on the ice, which I love it to see a goalie stand up for a player like that. Melee ensues. Uh, Kachuk then goes after uh, Kemper again during that melee, and <laughs> Kemper throws him down again. I just thought it was hilarious. I, I, For me, whenever you're watching a hockey game, I don't care what team it is. When a goalie gets involved in a fight, that's like the <laughs> ultimate thing to me, Eddie. Oh, yeah, same here. Like, and then you see Riddick coming from the opposite end of the ice. <laughs> he, he's like, he felt left out. He's like, no, I want to get in this too. That was fun to watch. And those games are always, especially when the goalies go at it. Like, oh, that's just fun. Every Ducks game I, I'm at. Are even watching, but specifically the ones that I'm at, like, oh, please piss off Gibson. Like, let's just see a goalie fight. That's it. I see a goalie fight. I don't care if the score is ten nothing. Ducks are losing. If I see that goalie fight, I'm going home happy. I might, I might even be happy to buy another seventeen dollar beer. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah, it was hilarious. I, I mean, that that whole thing, the way it unraveled, I was just cracking up watching that replay. Uh, I didn't see it live. I saw it after the fact. But, uh, you know, like I said, anytime with a goalie, 
uh, goes nuts. Uh, it, it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's quality entertainment, I guess you could say. And then uh, I guess the other play that, that you kind of mentioned that kind of upset me too. Uh, I mean, I was upset, or well, we both were upset about what happened in the, um, the Ducks game with Washington. But this whole thing with Calvert bleeding on the ice, uh, I mean, Eddie, this is just ridiculous. That He's laying on the ice. They don't call anything. The play continues. The other team scores. I'm like... This is even worse. I mean, this isn't even anybody fighting. This is some guy on the ice bleeding. They don't stop the play, allow the other team to score, and then they count the goal. Like, what the, you know what? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Johnson was pissed off. He threw a few F-bombs about the referees. He said it was, you know, an effing joke, which it was. You have a player like Calvert. He's not a player that's gonna fake an injury and fake being down. He he let he's a tough guy. He he left the the Avalanche last season in fighting majors, uh, as well as this season. He's he's you know one of those part and soul players that every team wants on their team or every fan wants on their team. He's just one of those players that goes out and gives it a hundred and ten percent for his team. He does whatever it takes to to make sure the team has a chance to win the game. So in the third period, with about two two thirty remaining. Uh, you know, he goes down to block a shot from Pedersen. He gets hit in the head. He goes down, and Pedersen right away saw it and, I guess, saw the blood. He tried to, you know, get the official, the official's attention. And then he even stopped. While his team's down 4-2 to two in the third period, he stopped playing for a few seconds because he was so concerned about Calvert. And that just shows a lot of character and class that he has. He's probably one of the best players that Vancouver has. And, you know, and they're competitive. They're, they're trying to make their mark and, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, revive their franchise. And for him to kind of be like, you know, not care about the score at that point because he, he sees his fellow uh, fellow hockey player significantly injured. And Calvert tried to get up and leave the ice, but he fell back down. And and the refs didn't blow it. They just they, they let it go, and he's bleeding on the ice. They finally get scored on. McKinnon was pissed off as he had a right to be. And I, I know the rules say that, you know, you're not supposed to stop the play if a player is injured unless, you know, the other team has the puck or if it's significant. And they, and they left it, you know, you know that it's, uh, you know, it, discretion of the ref. If it's a serious injury, it's, it, they may stop it. It's it just something like that has to change. Uh, the Avalanche, it's the second time in two weeks that a player uh, has got hit in the face with the puck bleeding and the refs didn't call anything. I mean, the Zadorov thing was, okay, it was closer to the wall. Maybe that was that played a factor into it. But Calvert laying there bleeding on the ice is just uncalled for. I mean, there was a goalie a long time ago. I think it's a Sabres goalie that got sliced in the neck by a skate. And, you know, luckily they got that towel over there in time and, you know, stopped the bleeding. He survived. And I don't know, you know, no one knew this case of Calvert. He could have been bleeding out right there on the ice and no one's calling calling the play but Adrian date or Adrian Dater of Colorado hockey now he posted an article and we'll link it up so you guys can read it but he talked about not you know not changing the rule because you know yeah unfortunately you're gonna have some players that might try to take advantage of it and you know th- their team's up and the other team's trying to score and go down but you know he, he suggested like you know if there's blood coming from the head or face area like maybe a rule should be like you should stop it immediately or you know change or alter that kind of thing because that that was uncalled for and I don't think anyone in the hockey world would have been pissed off if they would have blew the thing that I don't even think any of Vancouver's fans or the Vancouver uh, team would have been mad if they blew that play dead if they saw Calvert bleeding on the ice and and a, a lot of hockey players and and that just blew up in the hockey community you had a 
Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman that said that that was a serious problem. Like, like that kind of stuff is those referees dismissed it. Like, I I don't know what they're thinking, and it's just really unfortunate. And he's out indefinitely now. He's going through tests, a concussion protocol. So I, I wish him the best, and I hope he gets back on the ice. And, and something has to change with that because that's unacceptable. And and you know if the Ducks are playing the Kings, I, I don't care if the Ducks are playing the Wild, and a Wild player goes down. And his head's bleeding. I don't care if they stop the play. If if it costs the Ducks the game, that's that's okay with me as long as that player's safety is you know is cared for at the appropriate time or not the appropriate time immediately. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the big thing here is it doesn't matter what team you're rooting for or you're rooting against, but when a player's injured and bleeding, you know the play has to be stopped. That's just to me, it's just a no brainer. Uh, and, and that's even bigger than what happened in the Ducks-Washington game. I, you know, in that one, you're in a fight. The place should be blown dead, too, and they didn't do it. So uh, a lot of controversial calls this week, a lot of stuff we went over. We talked about, you know, the Ducks games and whatnot. Uh, we did have Tamey on the show, thankfully. Um, make sure to check out uh, patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks. We're giving away game tickets and gift cards. Uh, George won a $200 gift card uh, last a month for October. We're giving one away for this month. Uh, so make sure to check out for those giveaways as well. And we'll be back next week with another show. And let's go Ducks.